All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's after 3 o'clock on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, you know what? Uh, I want to read this uh, text we got in from uh, from Blair and Crowger quickly. It's the uh, Gregor Show presented by uh, PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, uh, Gregor, uh, I understand what you were saying and you're bang on about uh, uh, you know kids saying trick or treat. However, I should point out my son has autism and is uh, nonverbal. He, he loves Halloween and he, uh, he understands stuff, but he can't speak. And uh, a, a lot of times I have to go to the house with him and explain to people why he didn't say trick or treat. And... Uh, you know, I'm sure it probably makes him feel bad. And so as he gets older, it might get worse. So food for thought from uh, Blair and Calgary. It's a very good point, Blair. And um, you're bang on about that. So um, that would, you know, it's always something you, uh, you know, last night, uh, and again, talking about it on the radio and doing it uh, very different. I never scold kids. Like I said, I would never make anybody sing, right? Um, uh, it's when kids come up and some are shy and some don't say trick or treat, but they say thank you. So, which is fine by me. And uh, obviously for some who are, you know, I'm happy that your, uh, your boy likes to go out and, uh, and go trick-or-treating. That's fantastic. And um, it's something to, uh, to be cognizant of for sure. Some kids um, are, uh, are nonverbal and, and, you know, obviously there's, um, there's kids who are, who are deaf. Um, some can speak, some can't, um, who, will, uh, who will go trick-or-treating and maybe won't be able to say anything, which is uh, totally fair. So thanks for the uh, text. I appreciate it. We got lots more coming in on the uh, on the orders and the uh, the NHL. Hey guys, uh, you're hilarious. The orders have two wins and beat a bad Calgary team. Don't have any bottom five scoring. Have the most overpaid defenseman in the league, and nothing's changed with their goalies. How do you all of a sudden think they are better from RL? <laughs> hey RL, with the same goalies, the same defensemen. The Edmonton Orders, even to their terrible start in the last 30 games, have the fifth most points in the NHL. Why are they suddenly terrible? Because they had a bad start? 
Do you honestly think all of their guys in the bottom six are never going to score? Really? Do you know how many goals their bottom six scored last year? Or how many guys in the bottom six scored last year in the first nine games? One. Right? One. It's eight games. Now, you text us regularly and you hate Darnell Nurse and you think the orders suck. And so that's okay. You're consistent. But it's what's comical to me is somebody who thinks the orders actually aren't a good team. Doesn't mean they'll win the Stanley Cup. But thinking the orders aren't going to make the playoffs is laughably ignorant. It just is. It means you're not watching the games. The orders didn't play well. That doesn't mean they're a bad team. Two things can happen simultaneously. I know it's a tough concept. It seems that way in society in 2023. People don't think two things can happen simultaneously. The orders can be a good team who's playing poorly. And that's what they were. Good team playing poorly. They played well against Calgary. Now we'll see. Like we said, it's great that they did it. Now they got to do it again. Do I think they're capable of it? Of course. Two weeks. The orders. I'll be floored if they didn't. If they don't go four and one, four zero and one, or five and zero in their next five games. Schedule sets up very well. They're a good team, and uh, they seem to have kind of awoken from their uh, early season slump. But. I think it's incredibly premature. Like the orders didn't suddenly become a terrible team. Right? They don't. They had 109 points last year, and now they're suddenly terrible. Like, be realistic here. (laughs) Be realistic. They're not suddenly terrible whatsoever. There's um there's way too much. Just like if the orders were 8-0, like Boston. Do I think Boston is suddenly a cup contender? I don't because I don't like their I don't like their center group. I love their defense. I like their goaltending. Now, are they willing to trade something to get a center? Very possible. Then that changes it. But when I look at Boston's roster right now today, I wouldn't consider them in my top 5 Stanley Cup contenders. Good team, but playoffs are different. And you need you need good centers. Who wins without good centers in the playoffs? Anybody? Can you name a team? So they're gonna like Charlie Coyle, God love him. But if he's your number one center, I don't think you're you're going to the Stanley Cup. I just don't think you can do it. So Hey guys, I'd like to see some guys from the farm. Sam Gagne is not my choice. That'd be Lane Peterson. Which player would you bring up for Ernie Carpet Guy Andy? Well, uh, Lane Peterson's injured, so it uh, wouldn't be him. Sam Gagne for Adam Ernie makes the most sense to me at this time. I- I've said it, and I'll continue to say it. Raphael Lavoie. Raphael Lavoie has had a really good 40 games in the American League. Really good. Second half last year and the first five this year. Excellent. So I want him to continue. I do not think it helps him to come and play seven to 10 minutes a night in the NHL. I'd rather him maintain confidence, play a ton of minutes, uh, keep knocking on the coach's door, put me on the penalty kill, put me on the penalty kill, put me on the penalty kill, get more penalty kill time. Because when it comes to the NHL, just keep in mind, scoring in the American League doesn't equate to scoring in the NHL. We we can go through the list of the Oilers players that they had who were scorers in the American League who didn't become scorers in the NHL. It's very hard to do. Anton Lander, recent memory. Look at Ty Ratty's numbers in in uh, the minors and in junior. Right? Look at Tyler Benson. Scoring in the American League is scoring in the American League. That's what it is. 
It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to translate to be a scorer in the National Hockey League. Not at all. And so Lavoie can shoot, right? That does, and he's big. He's six foot four. And he's and he's playing a little bit more mean like he did in junior, as he should be. He's a big body. He can be a bully. But the Edmonton Orders are a cup contending team. I would say this. I give Dylan Holloway, who's a young player, actually younger than Lawa, I give him the, the month of November. If he still isn't producing some stuff offensively, I'd have a conversation. Say, you know what? We're just going to send you down the minors for three weeks or so. Want to get you some puck offensive confidence. Because it does matter. Confidence is huge in the game. It's massive. And then I would call up Lavoie because then I could play him in my top nine. I could move Warren Fogel back to the left wing. And I'd have Lavoie, Hyman, and Brown as my top three right wingers. I don't even care what line they're on. But I'm, I'm assuming Lavoie's. I'm not playing Lavoie ahead of Hyman and Brown because he's scored well in the American League. I'm not doing it. Right? Connor Brown and Zach Hyman have both produced well in the National Hockey League. So that's why they'd be ahead of him. But I have no issues. Like Sam, do I think Sam Gagne, and here's the other thing, do I think the order's fourth-line players that I see in tomorrow night's game, do I think they will be there after the trade deadline? Now, to me, that's the big question. I would be surprised. I think Ken Hall, we saw Nick Bukestad come here last year. Now, I think it's going to be difficult to find another clean cost and tight trade, right? Two guys were in the, the minors. You get clean costing comes here and he added a lot. A, it's hard to find guys that can shoot like Costin, who can, who are a decent skater like Costin, and who can fight like Costin. There's just not, it's not like you can just snap your fingers and find a guy like that. It's hard to do. But veterans who are bigger bodies, quick, can play in your fourth line, that's what they'll go looking for. They might go looking for a right defenseman as well. We'll see. But that's what they were, uh, that's what they're looking for. So. Hey, Gregor, stop it. Your common sense doesn't compute with some sections of order fans from uh, Playbook Vic. Hey, Gregor, I try not to be that guy, but the 06 orders won 15 playoffs games with an average forward group from uh, Geo, average center group. Average? Mike Pekka, you got to remember, like Mike Pekka was a Selkie Trophy type centerman. Sean Horkoff? Really, like those guys were very good two-way guys. Not elite offensively, I'll give you that. Very good two-way guys. Jared Stoll is an excellent third-line center. I would strongly disagree. I think the Oilers had good center depth on that team. Like, does Char- Charlie Coyle has never come close to Sean Horkoff's best offensive season. And he's not a two-way player like Mike Pekka. So I, I would actually, if you're giving me Horkoff and Peck in 06, I would take them ahead of Coyle and Zaka today. And then I got Jared Soles, my third line center. Oh, sure. I would think that center depth's better than what Boston currently has down the middle. I fully expect them to improve it, though. And watch Calgary and Lindholm. If Calgary and Lindholm don't have a contract and the Flames can you know, continue to sputter. And Calgary, you know what? Remember last year, Calgary had terrible goaltending for Markstrom. Terrible. And they only missed playoffs by two points. They're off to a brutal start too. 
They'll get Anderson back, right? Or pretender, whatever you want to call him. I'm not ready yet to stomp the flames out either because last year goaltending is what cost them. They're getting good goaltending. Like, I, I can't. Now, maybe Huberdeau is just a dud of duds, but I, I can't think a guy who, and I'm not talking 115-point Huberdeau. I'm talking like 80-point Huberdeau. I, I can't see why that has just disappeared that quickly. Like, to fall from an 80-point guy to a 40-point guy is a big fall. Sometimes it'll be gradual, 80, 75, 65, 55, right? It happens over time. But his fall from grace here since since he got to Calgary is, is stunning to me. I got to think at some point he'll figure it out. Maybe I'm wrong. But it just seems odd that a guy who's not that old, who's a really good offensive player, for like top five offensive player in point production, and then suddenly now he can he's a 45-point guy. Like, how is that happening? Like, Flame fans must be beside themselves and management. Like, what is going on here? And Gregor Costin left because of money. Um, well, Detroit paid him two mil. I, I'm not sure, you know, he necessarily would have gotten two mil. Right? But that's a that's a, like if, if he went to arbitration, would if he have gotten two million dollars for eleven goals? Granted, 11 goals in 57 games. I don't know, maybe. It, like, didn't really have a long track record. It was a one-year thing. Right? Because in arbitration, they look at the first year, accounts, but then they also look at the second year. Well, there really wasn't a second year for Clean Costin. He wasn't in the NHL. wasn't doing anything. So I don't know if he would have got two mil in, in, arbit- in arbitration. I'd be surprised. I thought De- like Detroit gave him that contract believing that, you know what, we saw the fisticuffs against Cabranson. That was a hell of a tilt earlier this year. And now he's always being hurt, so he hasn't played very much yet in Detroit. So, you know, we'll see if, if he can live up to it. His his value won't just be in goals, though. I think it's with hits, it's with fights, it's different, bringing a different element for sure. If you want to make a statement to say, I would have rather the orders signed Costin for 1.3 or 4, Instead of Yanmark or Ryan, I can see that argument. I think that's a valid thing to say. Because those two, I don't know if you needed both back, to be honest. I don't think, I don't see the difference. I don't see a different element between the two of them. Other than they shoot different ways. So I, I could see that argument. If, if you would have said in the summertime, you know what? I don't like this. I would rather have Clint Costin 1.25, 1.3, 1.4. Maybe you would have signed it. I have no idea what they offered. But. Two mil. I was a little surprised he got two mil from Detroit, but good for him. And Gregor McLeod got uh, two mil and 11 goals, 57. Sure, fair point. Center Iceman, a little bit longer of a track record, but fair point. But also that second year. Right? Not that he had a lot, of, but he had more production than, than cost. Quick break. Uh, when we return, uh, we will go around the NHL, uh, talk about a few other guys. Some off to great starts, some oof, not so much. Like, Jonathan Huberdeau and Nazem Kadri struggles in Calgary, man. When you dig into it, ooh, it is shockingly bad. There's a few others around the league. We'll talk about it next. And the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back on a busy uh, Wednesday. Uh, feels like forever uh, for order fans, but uh, your team will play again tomorrow. And uh, then they get into a little bit of rotation. They play Thursday, Saturday, Monday, then two days off, and they play these Sharks and uh, Seattle. Then they get into more of a of a two day schedule. They're home. They got uh, the two home games. Six thirty starts though. 
um, by the way. They're, uh, they're on some uh, national TV games on the Monday and the Wednesday against the Islanders and the Kraken of all teams, but it just shows you they want to see they being the uh, NHL broadcasters and executives, they want to see McDavid and Drysaddle on uh, national TV more. So uh, they're probably happy that uh, some of their early games weren't on national TV because they weren't very good. Not very good at all, but uh, I'm telling you the uh, orders will be uh, heating up in the uh, month of November. Mark it down. Don't be surprised. I, I, I don't think that's a hot take. I think the hot takes are the ones who are writing off a team after eight games. To me, that's the hot take. A team that coming into the season had the second most wins over the previous 128 games. And even with their terrible start, they still have the fourth most wins now over the last 130 games. So it'd be a little premature to uh, write off the Edmonton Oilers in my books. Let's go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's. Baby, you have a few days left to play Monopoly. Your chance, more chances than ever to win. You can do it right in person, right? When you get your Big Mac or your cheeseburger, your milkshake. Then you can also peel on the app. All the rules are at mcdpromotion.ca. Don't hesitate. There's millions of prizes to be won. As uh, Pete Jensen from uh, NHL Fantasy uh, joins us now. Pete, welcome back to the show. How you doing, Matt? How you doing, Jason? Yeah, I definitely echo what you were saying about McDavid, Drysaddle. I know that, and the Oilers at large. I mean, even if you're going to say right now that Jack Hughes is leading the pack in the MVP race, like McDavid is better than a point per game in his small sample size this season, I would expect him to rejoin that conversation Probably in a matter of days. Yeah, well, Leon Drysaddle has actually had a really good season um, for the Edmonton Orders uh, offensively and defensively. And, uh, yeah, McDavid, it's funny. I was looking. He had uh, 1.5 points per game in the month of of uh, October, which, you know, most players would die to have. That's the okay. lowest point total he's had in a month since um, November of uh, 2021. So, uh, been a while. So, uh, he's a pretty good player. Uh, shall we say now um, I was looking at a few other numbers like uh, and we were talking about the Flames, so I'll start there how concerned are you about Huberdo like this is last season now it's a new coach and you know it's this season him and Codger are just getting murdered five on five in Calgary right now right and Uyghur hasn't lived up to his deal either so it's really been it's tough because we you know even if you're being critical of the Flames and what they're bringing you right now it's like Right, Two years ago, they lost Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk in the offseason. And then even after last year, where they hung around a little bit, despite all those negative production trends with Markstrom and Uyghur and Huberto and Kadri, and the list goes on, Like they still lost Tyler Toffoli this past offseason. So it's just really tough sledding for that group. Um, I think that they have a chance to be in play for the second wild card when it's all said and done this season, but that might be their ceiling this year, realistically speaking. So yeah, I am worried about pretty much anybody not named Rasmus Anderson. If he's coming back from the suspension uh, tonight, that's big news for their first power play and stuff like that. He's fantasy relevant. I like Elias Lindholm, whether he stays or goes contract year could be traded. If he gets traded to a better spot, that could be great for you in fantasy. I would hang tough with those two guys, but you're starting to think, you know, when you look at the waiver wire and some of these guys, McTavish, some of the rookies out there that are heating up, like 
the pressure is mounting uh, to drop Jonathan Huberto for good reason, unfortunately. Um, Nick Backstrom elects to step away from the game. Uh, how, how much of an impact do you think this has on Washington? Or is there anyone you think this will have a positive impact because they're going to get way more minutes? Well, it's been tough in recent years because, like, they have some young prospects waiting in the wings, like that McMichael kid, Connor McMichael. They have Alexi Protus. They had uh, another Russian kid that was playing in the preseason up top with with Alex Ovechkin. That didn't really last, but it's maybe turning the page in the short term a little bit faster than it would have been had Backstrom been there. And then on top of Backstrom, you still have Kuznetsov there. Whether he's happy or not right now, he's in the top six. And Dylan Strom, to his credit, has actually been really good, really dynamic in the past week, week and a half of the season to get that Capitals offense jiving a little bit again, at least on one line. But yeah, for Backstrom, it's tough. I mean, he was one of the prominent, most prominent, most productive, like clockwork every single year, whether he was playing with Ovechkin or not, his entire career, you know, maybe a slight step below the Crosby's and Malkin's and, you know, Ovechkin's of the world, but not by very much. Pretty much been a top five player in his entire career at large among active players. So you you hate to see this injury news for him. And he's been dealing with so many uh, hip injury complications over the past couple of years as it is. Pete Jensen joins us. Pete, uh, there is five forwards in the National Hockey League who are playing at least 18 minutes a night. They've all played at least eight games, and they have no goals. Two of them are on the same team in Seattle in Alex Wenberg and Matty Beneers. Wenberg has two assists in 10 games. Beneers has three. Uh, I know last year everything went right in Seattle offensively. And they, 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 there's two of your top three centers sitting with goose eggs uh, in goals and, uh, you know, limited points through 10 games. Um, Were you expecting this drastic of a drop-off for the offense in Seattle, or do you see anything that tells you it might come around? They still have strong depth. Like, even during these struggles, you see Jaden Schwartz is lighting it up. I know Burakovsky's injured right now, so it gets tough for them when when they're missing some key guys. But, yeah, Seattle still has uh, one of the deepest rosters in the entire league, and that's after they even lost a guy like Dil- uh, Ryan, um, excuse me, Daniel Sprong in the offseason. He went to, to – Detroit. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that they're still a pretty solid team, all things considered. I still expect them to sneak into the playoffs. But when you couple that, you know, top end, lack of top end talent, like even if Beneers is your best player or Vince Dunn, those are not top 75 overall fantasy talents, even uh, with what they did last year. So you kind of worry about that lack of a bona fide superstar. And then the goaltending, like if Philip Grubauer is faltering and they're going to Joey Decord, I mean, that's a problem, whether you're talking about futures appeal in betting to make the playoffs or fantasy wise to, you know, get what you put in from uh, an average draft position uh, perspective in your drafts. Pete Jensen joins us uh, talking now NHL fantasy. Pete, well, I always look for different trends of players. And one of the big differences, I know it hasn't resulted yet in a lot of uh, of goals from him, but uh, Matty Barzelli had an 85-point season. A lot of people are like, man, this guy's going to be a good offensive player. And it's never really lived up to it. But he didn't shoot the puck. Last year, Matt Barzell had a total of 139 shots in the entire season. Through eight games, 
He has 31 shots this year. Like, it's clear that he's made a concerted effort to shoot more. And if you shoot more, I think eventually you're going to score more. Not saying he's going to become Ovechkin or Dreisaitl or anybody like that. But what do you make of Matty Barzell? Because uh, we got a lot of people wondering, like, is now the time to sell on Matty Barzell? I actually think now's the time to be patient because he's actually shooting the puck finally. Yeah, it gives him another layer to reach in fantasy. And he's playing more on the wing than he has in his entire career. He's been mostly a center. He's been the number one center. There's always been that discussion. Does he stack up with the other, you know, top 15 number one centers in the league? And he probably hasn't, honestly. The Islanders have gone deep in the playoffs a couple of times during his tenure with the team. Um, maybe despite him not being a number one center to his core. But again, playing with Bo Horvat, it's like that trade deadline acquisition from last year. They played together a little bit. They were productive. Barzell got injured down the stretch. Horvat fell off a cliff production-wise, and things looked kind of ugly, like what are the Islanders going to do offensively this season? Now year two under Lane Lambert, he's sticking Barzell on the wing, and you're starting to see that category coverage that was lacking in previous years. And even their power play, like Noah Dobson is underrated from a point production standpoint. He's whipping it around and and they're scoring in droves, even strength around the power play. So I feel like Barzell maybe won't score 85 points like he did in a rookie season, but he might have his best category coverage profile to date in fantasy this season playing the wing. Uh, it's only a month in a season. It's still very early, but you know, some teams have played 10 games like Seattle, others, uh, you know, seven or eight. Um, you, you look at some early season trend. Who are some guys, not, not like high end guys, because most of those guys are already drafted, but who are some kind of mid tier players that you see on teams? You say, Hey, now's the time to look at them in waiver wire or even in daily fantasy because they're hot. Yeah, we've been kind of sprinkling in some Anaheim Ducks with their uh, production trend, surprising ones at that. But this particular week, it seems like the whole second line is on our top 200 rankings with uh, McTavish and Ryan Strom tied for the NHL lead in even strength points last I checked. Frank Vitrano has been a home run. If you picked him up off the waiver wire so far, he's shooting the puck like crazy and scoring among the league leaders in goals. There's this Pavel Minchukov on defense. So if like those forwards are long gone in your fantasy league, give him a look. He's been on power play one. Jamie Drysdale's injured. So he's got that spot pretty much locked up for the at least the time being. And then Lucas Dostal, the goaltender, has been really good too. Again, I don't think the Anaheim Ducks are going to remain in playoff contention. But if they play Leo Carlson more nights than not, which I feel like he deserves – like, that's another thing. They haven't even been playing him every game for some reason, but uh, they have a lot of high-end offensive talent. And even if John Gibson is injured like he is right now, like this kid Dostal has shown you a glimmer here and there over the years, and I would love to see him get a chance to be the starter moving forward. Pete Jensen joins us from uh, NHL Fantasy. You know, Pete, you, you look at, um, you know, teams that we've talked about that have been surprised. I think the Anaheim Ducks, uh, without question, you know, Mason McTavish has been excellent. And the thing about the Ducks is Zegers has really done nothing. He's got two points, right? Um, right. Now he missed yeah. training camp, and I've said this all along, man. Like, well, training camp doesn't necessarily matter as far as results on the ice go. It does allow guys just to kind of feel the puck and get in game shape. And, I, you know, we saw the Nylander, and he, and he held out way longer. And he never kind of caught up. I wonder if we're going to see like how long this will last for Zegras. 
It will be interesting. And the crazy thing is, like, he might get bumped off the center position because look at all these other guys that either have played center at a high level in the past or are playing it at a high level right now. Like, when Leo Carlson's in the top six, Trevor Zegers is probably playing wing like we've seen at Spurts so far this season. There's McTavish has played center many times before in his career. Ryan Strom's a center, right? All these guys. And all of a sudden you see, uh, you know, maybe he's more cut out to be a wing on this team, which kind of changes the complexion of the player a little bit and some of his strengths through the years. So it's, uh, I mean, he's uh, one of the highest skilled players out there, Trevor Zegers, but you know, it's an adjustment. The the preseason thing was an adjustment. Changing positions is an adjustment. And, you know, kind of a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now, to be frank, for the Anaheim Ducks. I never really thought we'd be saying this, but um, they're arriving a little bit earlier than expected. Yeah, early on in the season, uh, I needed to see a little bit more from the Ducks. Um, you know, we'll find out, especially with Gibson. So uh, we'll, we'll see what goes on there. But uh, it, it's a much better start than anyone predicted. And uh, and clearly Cronin's uh, intensity has rubbed off on his team, especially like they looked really good on the road. It wasn't like, you know, they're kind of padding at home. So uh, well, I'm kind of curious about them. Also, quickly, give me your thoughts on uh, on the Coyotes, anybody in Arizona who tweaks you as a fantasy guy who interests you outside of you know Keller, obviously. A lot of guys. I mean, playing with Keller and Schmaltz is Barrett Hayton uh, has somehow no points this season, but a decent shot volume and was really good down the stretch last year. So maybe a buy low opportunity to pick up him if you're in a deeper league. I love those guys like Kraus and. You know, Michelli, they've been really productive so far. And a lot of defenseman options as well. I love Sean Dursey since he changed sweater, sweaters in the offseason. And there's Valamaki as well and, and Moser. And they have a pretty good top four defense. So, yeah, I think the Coyotes are probably going to be close to a playoff team this year and have some of the most underrated young talent in the league right now. Well, yeah, Cooley's got uh, six apples, no assists, but uh, he has played very well. And you mentioned Hayden. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. He's got donuts across the board, but he's been around the net. Uh, you know, he's a guy, I think, that if you're looking right now to get as a as a buy low option, he would be one. Right, and Logan Cooley, I mean, is an absolute stud, and they've kind of made it a point. I appreciate that they're doing this. They're not just – sometimes when you stack a top line and put Cooley up there with the two other best players on your team – your depth gets sacrificed in the process, right? They're trying to use this feeling out process. They've been a little inconsistent so far, but um, they've had a couple of huge wins and a couple of upsets to boot. So, you know, they're trying to work with three strong lines and maybe that's something that could be more likely to get them, get them to the postseason. I'm sure Cooley's going to put up his points all season long, um, regardless of what, whether he's on the top line with Keller and Schmaltz or not, but it's it's an interesting strategy by Andre Turigny, and he might be another one of those guys, along with Cronin, along with uh, you know maybe John Cooper in Tampa Bay weathering the storm without Andre Vasilevsky for the first two months. Like Turigny has to be in the coach coach of the year conversation if you're looking at that that type of a futures play. Pete, great stuff, man. We appreciate your time. Have a great day. You too. Always uh, great to catch up with you and uh, curious to see where the Oilers are at in a week or two when we talk again. But uh, thanks as always for having me on and check out the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. We already dropped a couple episodes this week for week four. 
uh, whether you're playing fantasy or betting. So we appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, Pete, no problem. And I'll tell you, I expect the orders to uh, have more, way more wins in two weeks than they have now. Uh, and also Connor Brown, another guy that uh, I think is going to start producing for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. That is uh, Pete Jensen from NHL Fantasy uh, 344. Uh, we'll return on the Jason Greger Show. We, uh, we got a lot of texts coming in on, uh, play. it was interesting. I was going around the league just looking at guys off to slow starts. Cause I know when you're a fan of one team, you're just like, Oh my goodness, the order's bottom six is terrible. And it's totally valid to say it's been, well, it can't get much worse because they have no points. But there's lots of teams. And then you have some teams where like Calgary, every forward has a goal except Backlund, but their overall team goals are like not very good at all. Right, So um, we'll be looking at a few different teams around the league, some that are playing very well and have like five guys with no goals. You know, where like the orders, trust me, no one in there. Uh, I, I have yet to find a bottom six that's goalless. So um, the orders are in a unique category, but um, there are some that are close. We'll discuss that next in the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. 349. Welcome back. Wednesday edition of the Gregor Show. Hey, Gregory, you mentioned there was five players. You mentioned the two from Seattle. Who are the other three who have played all those minutes and don't have any goals? And just curious. That one comes in from Steve. Well, Steve, uh, Barrett Hayden from uh, Arizona. He has no goals, no points in uh, eight games. No goals on 23 shots. He's shooting the puck just uh, right now. Can't find a goal. How about uh, Johnny Hockey? He has no goals on 29 shots. So the odds would tell you eventually he's going to score, but uh, no goals for Johnny Gaudreau in uh, nine games. And then I mentioned uh, Matt Beneers also and uh, Wenberg. But the other two, uh, Beneers has uh, 18 shots in 10 games, uh, no goals. Uh, They probably want him uh, shooting a bit more. Wenberg has uh, no goals on 13 shots. He's not a big shooter. And then the other one is TJ Oshie, who's usually a pretty decent, consistent scorer. But uh, he's currently uh, sitting at uh, no goals as well. These are all forwards who have played at least 18 minutes per game and played at least eight games. So anywhere from eight to 10 for those five. So we'll look and see. Hey, Gregor, I thought Matt Kachuk had no goals. Uh, no, he has one. He has a, he has one goal. He has six assists, seven points. Now, Sam Reinhardt right now is their finisher. Reinhardt has uh, eight goals in eight games for uh, Florida. He is off to... Uh, a very good start. And uh, they're without Ekblad. They're without Montour. They're without Bennett. And uh, they're still kind of hanging around. So we'll see. Hey, guys, is there any chance Detroit's going to wave Costin? Hasn't scored any goals. And he's minus. Uh, I will say this. I think the odds of Detroit waving clean Costin are the same odds of the Oilers waving Connor Brown. Zero right now, right? Right now, Clem Costin. You know, hey, Clem Costin was you know a streaky score. Right? He's not. He's only played like eight minutes a night. He hasn't played a ton of minutes in Detroit either. Right? Um, do I think they wave him right away? I'd, I'd be surprised. Right? I could be wrong, but I would. Uh, I would be surprised. You know, if in two months, three months, then maybe. You consider, but he's also got a year left on his deal, right? Lots of times, teams like you can't just be knee jerk reaction and you know want to give up on a player and lose them for nothing because of seven bad games. 
And I haven't watched a Detroit game, so I can't even say if he's playing poorly. All I know is he's barely played. So, you know, it's like Connor Brown. The first few games, Connor Brown didn't look good. That's totally fair. He admitted yesterday on our show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh. But the last few games, I think Connor Brown's been excellent. He's been all over the puck. And I've watched him in practice. Like, he's a guy who's really bearing down and scoring in practice. And I'm a big believer. You watch. That'll translate. I'll... Don't be surprised if he scores either tomorrow or Saturday. I, uh, I'm going to say it right now, I won't be surprised at all. The guy has been a good mid-tier productive player for a long time in his career. I don't, uh, I don't expect that that is uh, suddenly going to change because of eight games coming off an ACL surgery. I don't, I don't buy it. I do not buy it. Sorry. Hey, Greg's. Uh, I'm in Victoria here in Vancouver. They're talking about Stanley Cup. Help. Hey, you know what? Hey, the uh, Canucks have had uh, not a lot of success lately. Is that is that fair? Right? I, I think that's fair. So if you look right now, they're in, uh, what are they, second place? They're 6-2-1. and one. They're off to a good start. Right? Like, hey, they spanked the orders 8-1 to one, and then beat them 4-3 to three on some timely goals, I think. And, and their goalie played very well, Casey DeSmith, that night. I think a... Do I think Vancouver is a cup contender? No, but I picked Vancouver to make the playoffs this year. I, I like I like Demko. I like Hughes. I like Peterson. I like JT Miller. I think they got some good pieces there. I, I think they have to improve their overall blue line, but I really like Quinn Hughes. And like I had Vancouver ahead of Seattle. You know, do I think Vancouver, when the season's done, are they going to finish ahead of the Edmonton Orders? I'd be surprised. But they're eight points up. Edmonton does have a game in hand. And, you know, that's a lot of real estate to gain. So as I mentioned for the Orders, they got to get on a little bit of a winning streak here. And that game next Monday, like when you consider that Vancouver's already beat the Orders twice this year, that will only be the Orders' 11th game of the season. It's unfortunate that uh, three times in their first 11, they play Vancouver. And then, 
going to play them once. I don't, I'm not even sure if they play the Canucks four times this year. I haven't looked this good. So they're going to play them once in their final 71 or none. Kind of odd. But I would say that that game is a fairly big game when you consider wanting to catch Vancouver. Because if you lose that one, you're guaranteed you've lost the season series. And uh, you don't have the tiebreaker. So small little things. But, hey, Vancouver's a good team. I think they're a playoff team. Do I think they're a a cup contender? Eh, Not right now. I do not. But you know what? Make Make a move, and they could. Hey, guys, you mentioned TJ Oshie. What do you think the chances uh, he gets traded? What's his cap situation? Comes in from Dallas. Dallas, good question. I think Oshie has a year left, but let me double check. I'll pull it up right now. TJ Oshie, yeah, he has one year left after this year. 5.75. He's 36 years of age. I don't see it being a fit for Edmonton. Too expensive uh, at his age. Like TJ Oshie in, in his prime, I thought was a – you know, was a solid player, really good, solid contributor, played hard, but yeah, I, I don't think he would be the guy that, I, well, especially when he's got a year left at 5.75, it's a non-starter in Edmonton. It's a non-starter. You're not paying a 37 year old guy, 5.75 million. It's not going to happen. Would a team, if Washington was willing to eat half would you acquire Oshi for this year's playoff run and next year's playoff run? At half, he's what? Basically like a $2.85 million player? Mm, yeah. Mm, eh, I don't think so. I've watched, like, that guy's got a lot of miles on the treads, and I think he's slowed down. I, I wouldn't personally. I would, I would pass. And TJ has had an excellent career. I think he's probably got a decent shot to get into the uh, uh, USA uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. I think there's a very, I almost say a no-brainer to get in there. I don't think he's an NHL, like the Hockey Hall of Fame, but I think he's an American Hockey Hall of Famer. He's going to play his thousandth game uh, later on this year. He's probably going to end up with over 300 goals in his career. A really solid career. But he's not a guy I would uh, I would be looking at for sure. When we come back, uh, Mike Rupp will uh, join us. Jack Hughes off to an excellent start. The uh, So are the Rangers. And then you got the Islanders who have been started hot. Then they went a little tailspin. Now they've won again. Matt Barzell has changed positions, and he's shooting the puck way more. Will it result in goals? And Mike, of course, uh, now does color on about uh, 20, 25 games for the Penguins. He's seen them up close and personal. What uh, what does he think about the Penguinies? We'll get all that. Also, uh, another edition of Help Your Neighbor, where you could win someone a brand new high-efficiency furnace, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling. So, uh, there's lots going on. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Where, uh, you know what? I know you don't want to think about it, but you always want to plan ahead. You know, it's just like, how many of you waited to change your tires too late and then you were mad? Well, stay ahead of the snow game. You can get... uh, from Edmonton Kubota, they have their powerful snow removal equipment. Get it now with all the attachments. Make your winter a lot less hassle. EdmontonKubota.com Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 